So, Father, in the name of Jesus, we thank you for your presence that is already so rich in this atmosphere. God, all we had to do was just show up, and you were already here, and you were already moving and already willing. God, Lord, I thank you for a body of believers who cultivate this ground, Father, who have spoken to it, who have sown into it, and all we had to do was dive in. So, Father, we do not take it for granted. I bless your holy name. I thank you, Father, that you are doing on night one, so we're not waiting for that breakthrough moment on Saturday. God, Lord, I thank you, Father God, that we are getting ready to be equipped and prepared like never before to go forth and publish everything that you've called us to publish, God. Ooh. So, Father, we receive that. I received that word tonight, Father, that was released already. And we bless your name. I pray that you would anoint this word. Hide me in your presence, almighty God. I thank you, Father, for every opportunity that I get to open my mouth and glorify your name. Bless these women tonight. Open their hearing. Listen, for just a moment, go like this. Say, open my hearing. Open it up. Open it up. Because we got to hear right to talk right. Amen. We got to hear right to move right. And so in this hour where our ears get clogged and full of stuff, we got to hear the word of God like never before. In Jesus' name, go ahead and look at your neighbor and say, Ooh, you look good tonight. Hey, look, I see hair flipping and everything. I do count it an honor and a privilege to stand here. I told Pastor Devin this morning, I'm excited, I'm nervous, I'm humbled. Sometimes I don't know why the Lord asked me to do these things, but I am willing. And so, listen, I know a magnitude like this and this event, it does not first come to pass without a vision. And I'm thankful for our kingdom family and our dear friends, bishops, Kevin and Devin Wallace in our life. Would you all let them know how much you love them tonight? Come on, you know, it's not every day that we have an opportunity to honor men and women of God that carry such excellence of the kingdom. And so we honor you two tonight for follow through. But then I also want to recognize that this doesn't happen alone. And so I bless RTTN and all the staff and all the volunteers. I bless you. Come on. Somebody needs to say thank God for some help. It takes a lot to write a vision, push out a vision, but then there's people who carry the vision with you and run with it. And I have learned that over the last seven years of pastoring and Restoring Hope Church is in the house tonight. I love you. Go ahead. I don't know why y'all are being shy tonight. Okay. They're not sure they want to own me just yet. Okay. Look, why, Tara and Lindsay, Patsy, see why y'all popping up? I love all of you no matter where. Listen, on the count of three, tell me where your church is from. One, two. I love all of you. Praise God. 
If you would stand for the reading of God's word, we're going to open in the book of Hebrews. When I first was asked, here's what's funny, before Pastor Devin ever mentioned tsunami and the water, I began praying about this, and we're going to get around to it uh, tonight. But all I could see, I thought, we're going to women of fire. You know, I wanted to preach about fire, and all I could see was water all around me in the spirit. And then all of a sudden, she released the tsunami wave of God. And I'm thankful for water that cleanse, cleanses. I'm thankful for water that carries things in and carries some things out. And that is my prayer by the end of this sermon tonight, that God is breaking some barriers that have been built up in your life. And there is a fresh flow and a fresh carrying in and a junk moving out. Amen. So if you will open the word of God in Hebrews, the 11th chapter, I cannot get this word out of my belly. And the preachers in the house know what I'm saying in that. He simply stated, by faith, Sarah herself received strength. Let me read that again. By faith, Sarah herself also received what? To conceive what? And she bore a child when she was past the age because she judged him faithful who had promised. Father, I thank you that we've already judged you in this room. You see, you think you up here just worshiping and just, oh, he's worthy, he's holy. No, 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 no. That is your righteous judgment coming out of your belly. So how do you judge him tonight? What is your confession of God in your life tonight? That is my prayer. Just go ahead and have a seat. We're going somewhere. Amen. So the word of God here in the book of Hebrews, I love this 11th chapter because this is the hall of faith. Amen. How many would love to be written in some halls of faith in your life? Some of you absolutely could be. I know some of your stories and it has only been by the grace of God and the faith to push you here tonight. And I know that. But as Sarah, even after way past the age of birthing, which meant some things had dried up in her life. But because she confessed in the faithfulness of God, because she judged him righteous and holy and worthy and true to accomplish everything that he said he would do in her life, she brought forth the promise. What promise in your life feels like it's been on delay? I know we're living in a season where it looks like everything is delayed. But here's what I prophesy to you. It might be on back order. It might be delayed. The truck might have broke down trying to get it to you. But the word of the Lord will come to pass for your life. It might be delayed, but it will not be denied. If God said it, hey, you can rest assured that we will see it. We won't stop till we see it, people of God. How do you judge him tonight? Woo! Sarah, Sarai, Genesis 11 is where we first find her pop up in scripture. 
Sarai being taken as the wife of Abram, okay? And then all of a sudden, it doesn't tell her lineage. I know that the word of God mentions that she is Abram's half-sister by his daddy, another woman, all those things. But scholars won't even pinpoint that, which all of it, I'm like, ew. So her DNA was a little shady from the beginning, right? And all it takes is some messed up DNA in your life for the devil to show right up and try to keep you entrapped in it. You know what I'm talking about? Like, oh, your bloodline ain't good enough. You couldn't bring that to pass. You know who your family is. Listen, if I even begun to tell you where I came from and where my family, I'm telling you we as redneck as redneck could get set up on the hill with trailers connected together. I'm, am I talking anybody's language in here tonight? I told Aaron the first time that I took him to meet my granddaddy. I said, you need to sit in the car. He said, why? I said, because you will get a shotgun pulled in your your face if he don't know you he said I don't have to meet him we're good you see my DNA the women of my family you talking about crazy they end up in jail they're in barroom fights however the what the enemy meant for evil God said I can use some tenacity for the kingdom I can use some fire you see our God takes what the enemy meant for evil and somehow he turns it for good he said I don't need you to shift your DNA I just need you to let my who am I talking to tonight? Come on, he said, if you abide in me and I come and abide in you together, we're going to do a thing. It's a promise. So I destroy the lying devil of saying, well, your DNA ain't good enough. So first devil, we kicking out of here tonight. Because if he could use anything, somebody just needs to say he could use me. He's not looking for a high pedigree. He's looking for a willing vessel. See, the same deceptive devil that was in the garden is the same deceptive devil that comes to your bedroom at night. It's the truth. He has not changed. He is not a creator. He can only take what pricks you and begin to mull that over in your mind. So we have Sarai, barren, Genesis 11. Genesis 12, all of a sudden, God speaks to Abram and he says, I'm going to need you to pick up and move out of this place. You want to know why? Because if you are in a circle of people who worship idle things, God can't move you. You become an idol. So I believe God told Abram, I want to do some great and mighty things through you. I want to bless you and everybody who would dare rise up against you. I'm going to curse them. I see greatness coming out of you, Abram. I need you to move up out of this place and get to moving. And see, we're all like, God, what's the address? I, I got to put it in my GPS. I, I don't, what do you mean go? 
Abram had no clue where he was going, but he could not deny the voice that spoke and told him, pack up and get to moving. Sarai heard the word of the Lord through the mouth of her husband, and she followed. There's a concept. Well, God didn't, God would come and tell me first. <laughs> Sounds like a good argument to me. She went and God promised to bless Abram and bless he sure did. He said, and in you, all the families of the earth will be blessed. Sometimes all you need is a promise from God to pick up your feet and get to moving out of idle places. I don't know who I'm talking to. I don't know who has enjoyed familiar territory. In the Webster Dictionary, the word familiar is demon. So I'm telling you, I don't get comfortable next to familiar. If it's familiar, if I know that old devil, I gotta go. I ain't got no time to set up here because I can't get trapped in idleness in this season. I ain't got time to put my eyes on idle things. God's calling the people to pack up and move away from what is comfortable to your flesh, from what you know to be true. You have showed up in Chattanooga, Tennessee tonight. You packed your bags. You put gas in your car. You walked in this place. God said, I had to bring you out of familiar because I'm about to do a thing in your life tonight. Come on. Somebody's already got seed. It's in your gas tank. But you need to go ahead and thank God it got you here. My God, I got to calm down. Yay! She, Abram, became very blessed. He became so blessed in his livestock and everything that we equate blessing to. And I imagine he's looking around. You are true to your word. Look at all of this blessing. Right? Genesis 15, we see where God comes and speaks to Abram again. And he says, do not be afraid. I'm telling you, I've experienced some things in life spiritually. And if you are one of those, well, I'm not scared. I'm not scared. You ain't really encountered it. It's the truth. An angel walk in your room at midnight. Literally, what do you want? What do you want? Who, who could say, yep? Very few. He said, do not be afraid, Abram. Don't be scared. I am your shield. Who's thankful for a shield of protection in your life? He is your shield and he is our buckler. But then he goes on to say, and I am your exceeding great reward. And then he says, well, here I stand with no air. Huh. The Lord that God just said, he's your shield. And you're exceeding great 
reward. But now you're still telling him what you don't have. Oh, man, I've been there too. But here's what I know. When there is still space for a fulfillment, you see, well, wait, God, you fulfilled all of this. You did it. And I know that when you see emptiness, you only see potential. I feel the barrenness of this thing. I don't have anybody to pass all of this to. He said, am I going to have to give it to my servant? And the Lord thy God said it like this. He said, Abram, you will have a seed, listen, out of your own body. This reward, this blessing, this inheritance is not being passed down to just anybody. It's coming out of you. Somebody needs to say, it's coming out of me. It's coming out of me. Because what God wants to bring out of you is far greater to produce the generational blessing. I know we're good at accepting the curses, but there's a generational blessing that God wants to bring out of you tonight. So let me remind you, I believe Abram at this point probably went back to Sarai and he said, hey, the Lord just visited me. I was terrified, first of all. And he said this, this, and this. But Sarai, he told me that a seed was coming from my own body. It's coming out of me. So what do you think the devil probably did right there? Sarai. Yeah, it's not coming out of you, sweetie. God didn't tell him you were going to birth it. Remember, you don't even know who your daddy really is. Is it, is it your, you know, is it his brother? Is it his uncle? Is it his nephew? Is it his father? You know, you're probably just not the one who's going to birth a great redeemer in your lineage. Same devil. You couldn't possibly be a first-generation preacher out of a group of hellions. Your family spent more time in jail and in the bar than in church. Who do you think you are? Your DNA's not good enough. Ooh. So we always judge Sarah very harshly, but you and I are not so different. So Sarai, I imagine she's, ooh, she's probably really wanting to be excited for Abram. Oh, praise God. You're, you're, you're going to fulfill everything. This will be left to a, to a lineage. But I know my body. You see, at this point, Sarai was between the age of 75 and 77. <laughs> See, she was probably all right coming out of the land of Ur. She, you know, she's a ripe 65, but she was probably like, oh, I still got some pep in my stuff. <laughs> I mean, I might, I might drag a few things, but I, I, I can do this. 
Y'all, I'm 41, and some days I'm dragging some stuff. 65 years old when she left, and here we are in progression, getting close to 10 to 12 years in advancement. And so she is probably in the season of when she first left. She's in the, in the group of the ladies in the tent. You know, they all in the same cycle. See, I know who you hang out with by what you, I can pinpoint it. That's why we got to be careful who we decide to take up company with because you get pulled in people's cycles that God never intended for you to get on their days. God never intended for you to get pulled in their months. But something happens in the natural body. And before you know it, I'm pulled into a cycle. I should be in. Women know I'm telling the truth. Do you know we can reset each other? Whoa, why do you think I want to hang out with preacher girls and, and um sisters and women of fire? Because I need to be in a righteous, holy cycle. I need to be in the kingdom of God that is ready to advance, that is ready to slay some devils. There might be seasons I need a reset. That's why evil communications corrupts. I'll tell you, I'm in a day I refuse to get pulled into somebody else's cycle. God's looking for somebody to be the publisher. Somebody's about to start a printing press of the word of God. You're about to lead the charge up out of some demonic forces. You're about to say, I'm going to hit this reset button whether you want to or not tonight. Ooh, somebody just lift up your hands and say, oh, I need my cycle broke. I laugh because my sister-in-law's here. She's a few years older than me. And we work together and we minister together and we labor together. And she's like, my body is trying to reset with you. I need you to go away for a few days. <laughs> it's the truth. Woo! But I imagine at this point, Sarah, I is sitting in her own tent. She's not on the cycle of all these others. Her cycle's gone. And she begins looking at a natural circumstance at what God is asking her to be spiritual. My God, and we all do it. Right now, if there was ever a time in this nation that you and I need to take our eyes off of what is natural and put it into what is supernatural, it is now. Because if you are looking with a natural perspective in the day and hour we are living in, you will miss what God wants to publish through you. You'll miss it. Sarah. Abram, did God say, sounds familiar, right? I think you're going to have to take Hagar. 
Here's the deal. We've all been there. She is looking and feeling this natural thing. It's dried up. There's no flow. No vitality, no strength. Abram, I don't want to do this. But God said it's coming through your own body. He didn't mention my name. Somehow, maybe I'm not good enough to be a part of this incredible thing that he is wanting to bring to pass in the earth. And so I'm going to step over here in natural places. And I'm going to hook you up with the fix. And maybe this is how God will bring children to pass that I could enjoy. There's a part of me that at 75, 77 years old, that she wanted to hear the laughter of a child in her camp. She wanted a mess to clean up after that was greater than hers and Abram's. I believe there was such a desperation that this natural element, this natural circumstance calls her. She came into covenant with natural things and said, this is what must happen. It has to be. There's no other way that this would happen. Has anybody ever felt that way? So we know that the second that Hagar conceived, it says that she began to despise Sarah. And she goes to Abram and she was like, may this be upon me. I've caused you to do this thing and now we're going to have to pay for it. And he was like, you did this. You take care of it. This is your problem now. But here's what happened We know some time passes and Ishmael grows up and he's about 10 years old at this point and God pays Abram another visit. And aren't you thankful for another visitation? When I messed up last chapter, God has given me another holy visitation. I'm telling you, we're living in the season and the year, the Hebrew calendar year of a holy visitation. And God is showing up at our houses. He's showing up at our tents. And how shall we host him when he shows up? So he paid him another visit. Aren't you thankful for grace tonight? This was a sign of a covenant because God did a thing right here. He began to go to Abram and he says, I'm changing your name. You see, one of the first signs of a fulfilled covenant is what? He's like, okay, you received the blessing. You're carrying the blessing well, Abram. Now I'm coming and I'm making a righteous covenant with you. And I'm changing your name from Abram to Abraham. And I'm going to tell you this. Don't you ever call Sarai that name again. You call her Sarah. Because not only am I going to have you be the father to many nations, she will indeed. See, we don't talk about this. We sing the songs, Father Abraham. We do the motions and all of those. But we forget that in order to be a father, there has to be a mother. 
because we can't produce seed on our, on our own. And men can't be carriers of seed, say it takes two. And he said, I'm changing her name, and I will bring her to your level, Abraham, and she will be a mother to many nations, and there will be kings of people to come from her. Catch this. I'm sorry, y'all. I should stand still. He's saying... He laughed. You know what Abraham did? He fell to the ground and he laughed. 99 years old. Woo. This, is this really going to happen? Could I really do that? And then he says this word. He says, but oh, that you would bless Ishmael. See, there's still this little twinge of, I know what my body's able to do. It ain't that. I would call some of you to laugh tonight, too. So he's like, Give me that anointing, Lord. He said, 99 years old, oh, that you would bless Ishmael. And God said this, and he said, I will, in fact, bless Ishmael. Listen, he's going to have his blessing. And, and don't you know it, that even in the kingdom of God, there are people who are willing to settle for the blessing alone. The blessing does not equal covenant. See, we get tripped up looking at, oh, they are so blessed. The Lord must love them. No, they blessed because he said he was going to bless. He said, oh, he's going to be blessed. He, he, there'll be nations. He's going to have 12 princes out of him, and you and I are still fighting hell today. Oh, he's blessed. He said, however, my covenant will be with a child that will come through Sarah, and his name shall be Isaac. Now, here's what I do know in Scripture chronologically. They went and they were circumcised. Ishmael was circumcised at 13, Abram at 99. That's making some of you men cringe right there. Because there has to be a removing of a barrier for a fresh covenant. See, God's trying to do a thing in the earth and you are still comfortable with all the cocoon of stuff that you got over you. And God said, I'm looking for me and for you to go into a private place. I want to take this word and I want to slice you open. I want to break the river dam that has been withheld in your life. I want to do some things, but you got to let me cut on you first. How willing are we? Chapter 17 or 18, here we are. All of a sudden, Abram goes and he does what he's supposed to do. But this time, three holy men show up. They show up at his tent. And he recognizes Ooh, this is, a, this is a different visitation. And here's why I perceive this. 
as Sarah, he's saying, baby, you got you to gotta mix up some stuff. You got to need this thing. I know we need to bake them a cake. Come on. We got to prepare. We got to offer something because he knew the power of a sacrifice. He knew the power of a seed. He's like, we got to offer them something. And these men said, where is your wife, Sarah? Because here's the deal. There's some things. I don't even know if Abram got an opportunity. He was probably scared to death to walk in that tent and say, all right, Sarah. God said, we're about to do a thing, and you're about to birth something. I bet you, I wonder if what kind of a man was he? Was he like, oh, no, God, you're going to have to go tell her yourself. <laughs> oh, no, she's going to think I'm up to something. I ain't going in there telling her that. There's some things that only the Lord thy God comes on the scene and could establish and settle a thing. Where are you at? Where are you at? Oh, she's, she's right back here in the tent. Now imagine if she's in there. Is judgment finally coming because of what I did with Hagar? Oh God, what does he want with me? Kneading that dough, baking that cake. He said, this time next year, I'm going to pay a visit in the form of a baby. Sarah. She laughed within herself. Didn't even say that it uttered through her vocal cords. It said she, I bet it was like. <laughs> she laughed within herself. And don't you know, God said, why? Are you laughing? Exact. Oh, you did laugh. Oh, you did. Don't you love when God will call you right on the carpet of some things in your life? Oh, you did say that. Oh, you did do that. But here's what I'm telling you. Just because you laughed, ooh, I'm about to show myself to be faithful in your life, Sarah. And the Bible goes on to say that as this laughter began to take place within herself, in a secret place, in a private place, we know how the story goes. But I want to skip ahead just a little bit to the book of Nehemiah and the 8th chapter. This, the people of Israel had been in captivity. There had been a barren season of their life. And all of a sudden, the governor, Nehemiah, and the priest, Ezra, they have rebuilt the wall. They're getting ready to rededicate the temple and they built a platform with a purpose you know what God's doing in the kingdom again he's turning platforms back into purpose hey, God is building platforms in this hour this has always been a purposeful platform but I've been on some places I've stood in some places where God's like boy the purpose of God wouldn't be able to show up in the room if I walked in myself God is reestablishing some platforms with purpose and it said that Ezra the priest brought out 
the written law of the Lord. I like it. And as he began to declare the word of the Lord over those people, it says that they began to weep profusely. Because it'll take the hearing of the word of God to increase your faith, but it will also take the hearing of the word of God to remind you and convict you of where you have been in past seasons. You see, in chapter 18 of Genesis with Sarah, she had always heard Abram and Abraham come and say, God said, God said, God said. But in that moment when God showed up to her tent, it was the first time that she heard the word for herself. It cannot, it cannot be substituted. Are you tired of hearing everybody else's word and you're not catching your own revelation? God is pouring it out on the whosoever will hear it. The first time she ever heard God say. And here in Nehemiah, there had been a season of not hearing the word of God. And as the people are crying and they're devastated and they're weeping, Nehemiah spoke up. He said, wait a minute. I know you're crying because you, rec you recognize how long you lived without hearing the word. I recognize that. But today, say today. He said, we're going to eat. We're going to enjoy ourselves. We're going to take food for those who didn't prepare for themselves. For the joy of the Lord is our strength. I'm telling you what took place in Genesis 18 when she laughed within herself. There was a strengthening that broke off limitation. There was a vine that was ripped off. What was barren? The scar tissue of season begin to rip off of her womb because the joy of the Lord shall be your strength tonight. Hebrews 11, 11 says that Sarah had to receive strength in order to even think about conception. See, we asking God to carry things, and he's saying, where's the joy in it? Where's the joy in it? Are you going to be bitter and complain of what I trust you with? Where's the joy in what I'm about to cause you to carry? You got to be strengthened before you can carry the weight of what I'm about to pour out on you. Lift up your hands, people of God. Say, joy is coming to my house. Joy is coming to my house. There's a strengthening in the body again of joy. Woo. I'm going to tell you something. The burden of carrying greatness is far too heavy 
for us to carry in weakness. Why do you think the Bible declares in the book of Daniel that the enemy has come to wear down the saints? He's trying to get you into covenant with quit. He's trying to get you into covenant with the Hagar. He's trying to get you to come into covenant with what your flesh sees. But God is saying, can you handle me strengthening you tonight? David in Psalms cried out to God, a murderer, a man of war, a man of lustful adultery, and a baby who's dead. He says, you might take everything else away from me. Do not take your spirit from me. He said, cleanse my hands and purify my heart. And he said, restore to me the joy of my salvation that I might lead some sinners to know you. Why has there not been any birthing in the kingdom? Because we're mad about everything. We're mad that we didn't get asked to preach. We're mad that they didn't let me prophesy my word. We're mad that they moved me out of the way. But can you really handle what God designs to bring through you tonight Woo. stand to your feet people of God how do you judge him tonight how do you judge him so listen, their first anytime kingdom greatness in the kingdom of God is at hand. It's here. We are living prepared so we're not scrounging around trying to get prepared. You catch me tonight. I'm living in strength although I'm weak. Because it's in real strength of the Holy Ghost that you don't feel your weakness anymore. You stop looking at the natural things of this life. And somehow in judging him faithful, he brings it to pass. As the Lord began to download this word to me, he began to speak. And he asked me the question, how do you judge me? I said, God, I don't want to judge you at all. He said, but you do every time you open your mouth. By our words, we are justified, and by our words, we are condemned. Every time we come into covenant with what my natural body feels, I've just judged him unfaithful, incapable. Well, you know, God, mm, he really didn't say that. I just deemed him a liar. And some things he didn't say, let me clarify that. And we find ourselves as people of God, say women of God, men of God. We find ourselves damning God all the time. Because we refuse to come into covenant with what he has already spoken and already said. And I begin to picture it as damming up a river. 
and I know it has purpose and I, I know that they do it so a town doesn't flood and they do it to generate some power but I'm here tonight to break the dam because religion has pulled it all up and told you you couldn't dare step into the river but I'm here tonight with a hammer in hand a pickaxe to say I've come to break the dam of religion over your life to tell you every time you couldn't see if you won't damn God somebody else will for you about two years ago at our church at Restoring Hope we have a creek bed behind our church and we would have the most unbelievable outpouring moments on Sunday I'm talking crazy, crazy things like many of you have experienced. But I would show up to staff meeting on Monday and there would be, and I kid you not, there's people in this room who will tell you I am not lying. Every bit of a 50 pound beaver that would stand at the door every time. I'd go in staff meeting, I'd say, People of God, we need intercession to break this dam that this beaver's building. Y'all forgot I'm country. Beaver Dam, Kentucky. True story. It would be a couple weeks. The Holy Ghost would fall. We would be slayed. We'd be laid there till 4 o'clock in the afternoon. Monday morning. And it was the kind of beaver that looked like a small bear that intimidated you. You weren't going near it. So I would like run up the back steps like, oh, my God. People of God, intercessors, we got to break this dam. We got to break this dam. We got to break this dam. And about the third time, I heard the Holy Ghost say, you done yet? God said, how long are you going to keep speaking to the symptom? Are you going to wear yourself out tearing down the same dam that that thing's going to build? You ready to break this cycle? He said, why don't you try it like this? Isn't it just like the Lord tell you you ain't doing it right? He said, when you're wearing yourself out, medicating the symptom, calling, you know, well, it's you know, the drug problem, the drug problem, let's go deeper. The affair, the affair, the affair, let's go deeper. That's a symptom. Those are symptoms. And we spend the majority of our time wearing ourselves out, and the devil don't care nothing. He's like, the beaver's still alive. God said, I want you to speak to that beaver. And I want you to do it in front of the congregation. Am I lying? I marched up to do my announcements. I said, people of God, 
I need some faith in this room because there is a spirit lurking on this property in the form of a beaver. I said, now listen, we're going to bind together in intercession and we are going to command the beaver dies today. It was real anointed. Somehow they stayed at church. Let me tell you what happened. My kids got a kick out of it. We got in the car, they're like, ooh, mom's killing beavers today. <laughs> Monday morning, I'm driving, driving my kids to school, just minding my own business. And all of a sudden, I hear my kids start screaming in the back seat. <sighs> problem and they are laughing hysterically mom the beaver's dead the beaver's dead on the side of the road we just saw it you gotta turn around mom the beaver's dead the beaver's dead and guess what the beaver ain't show back up on the property are you tired of the damn being built in your life are you tired of not enjoying the river are you tired of being restricted in God I perceive there's been a beaver on the loose I perceive there's a dam been built You know I had to turn around. I was a little bit mad that God didn't let me be the one to take him out. And you know what's awesome? My staff started showing up and they were like, Pastor, did you see what's on the side of the road this morning? I said, boy, whew, God's victory is great when we allow our confessions to be aimed in the right direction. When we stop damning his abilities and we release the river. Somebody lift up your hands today. How do you judge him tonight? Come on, is he capable of getting rid of that pesky, tired, ugly thing that shows up at your house every week when you get a breakthrough and then all of a sudden it shows back up and you feel the restriction all over again? Come on, stop speaking to the dam and start demanding that beaver to die in the name of Jesus. I command the river to flow. I command water to break today. I command the birthing in the room. I thank you, Lord. There's strength, there's strength, there's strength to be able to carry it. Whew. Every head bowed and every eye closed in this room. Sarah birthed Isaac, which means laughter. And in birthing him, she laughed uncontrollably. And she said, not only am I laughing today, but everyone who reads what's been published through me will laugh with me.
Why is it that we are weeping tears of sorrow when God's already given you the victory? Do you know that the Bible declares that God is seated on his throne tonight laughing at the plans of the enemy against you? He's not worried. He's just ready for you to get out of your natural mind and step into his spirit. Come on, hope deferred makes the heart sick, but laughter is good like medicine. Come on, you worried about how you can get your hands on COVID pills? Get a laughter in your belly. If God's laughing in hell, guess what you can too? If you need some strength in this room, you know God is calling you to carry greatness in here. But you say, there's no way. There is no way. Don't you damn him up. Don't you damn him. His promises are yes and amen. You're the one who tells it no. Come on, what is your confession tonight? If you need strength in this room to birth it to pass, lift up your hands. Come on, say, that's me. Run to this altar. Run, 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 run. And here's what I'll tell you. If what God is asking you to do is easy for you to carry, it's not God. Come on, break it open. Come on, if you have felt the restriction of the river in this hour, the reason that you must carry it and you must birth it, there's a river that's going to flow out of your belly. And by every river, there's vegetation. By every river, there's life. By rivers, they set up power plants. Come on, people of God, let the river go. Come on, you need some past things ripped out of you to let the dam break. Lift a little, give it a wave offering tonight. Come on, say, I want it gone. I want it removed. I don't want to treat symptoms anymore. I want this removed from my atmosphere. I want it gone. I want it gone. Come on. Come on, what's your confession tonight? What's your confession tonight? What's your confession tonight? Come on, open your mouth, open your mouth, open your mouth. Come on, maybe you've never heard God for yourself and you need a word from the Lord that no man or woman could deliver. And you say, God, visit me, visit me, visit me, visit me. Lift up your hands, lift up your hands. I'm getting ready to turn this prayer team loose on you. But before we do, say, I got to move when God says move. I refuse to be idle in this season. I refuse to get caught in the trap of a cycle. I'm going to do... I will fulfill, I will see, we will obtain everything that God said we would do in the time we will do it. A 
I just say it's coming through me. Strengthen me, Lord. Strengthen me, Lord. Strengthen me, Lord. What's your confession? What's your confession? What's your confession? One, two, three. Come on, loose it. Go, prayer team, go. Go, prayer team, go. What's your confession? Break the dam! Come on out of your belly, shall flow rivers! Break it, 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 break it! Thank you. 
watch it if you will watch your confession you will watch a new season shift
Because you are good, you're good. Come on, if you need the baptism of the Holy Ghost, lift up your hands. Come on, the kingdom of God is what? Righteousness, right doing, peace. Who needs the peace in this room and joy in the Holy Ghost? Let the river flow tonight. Come on, as they're getting ready to come, I want you to lift up your hands and say, let the river flow. You're good, you're good. You 
an amazing word. If you are still with us and you are watching us live, before we do anything, I want to pray for you very specifically right now because what they are singing, the word that has gone forth, it is for you. So I'm going to pray right now over each and every one of you that are watching, whether you're watching it live or you're watching it back. Right now, in the name of Jesus, I declare faith, faith and joy in the name of Jesus. God, for every woman that is watching right now, that they feel like they have a place in their side that is barren, that needs to be full. I pray, God, right now that you would fulfill it in your precious son's name. I speak joy unspeakable to those that are watching. I pray, God, that the joy of the Lord would be their strength. I make declaration over their life that the joy of the Lord is their strength. His joy is your strength. He is made strong in your weakness. And I declare the words that they have heard today, even though they're not in this house, that the Spirit of God is imparting right now. The Spirit of God, the Holy Ghost right now is imparting. He is imparting something to you right now, wherever you sit. If you're sitting there and you're asking, I just declare in faith with you. I bind my faith with you in the name of Jesus. And I make declaration that whatever you're asking for, just as Pastor Amanda preached, whatever it is that you may have had that's fallen by the wayside, that you don't believe can live again, I speak life over it in the name of Jesus. I declare that that dead thing in your life that you feel like can never be fulfilled, I declare over your life it will be fulfilled. And I speak life over it and life over you in the name of Jesus. I speak to a spirit of hope deferred, and I bind hope deferred in the name of Jesus, and I release joy and laughter, and I declare that the promises of God in your life, they are yes and amen, and that they will be fulfilled. Every bit of doubt, I command you to leave our sisters in the name of Jesus, and I speak forth strength in the Lord, peace in the minds of the women of God, that whatever you're believing for, that it will come forth. It shall come to pass because we serve a God that loves his children and he wants to fulfill every single thing in your life that he has spoken to you. I pray over ears tonight that they may be closed. They may feel like they can't hear the voice of the Lord. And I just declare for them to be open in the name of Jesus. If you're still waiting for the Lord to speak to you, just like Sarah was, I declare that your ears will be open and that you will hear the voice of the Lord for yourself. And it will not have to come through someone else, but that he will speak to your spirit. The Father has words for you, daughter. The Father has things that He wants to talk to you about. He wants to tell you about. And I just pray that the words that were preached in this, this pulpit tonight, the worship that has gone up, you have joined with us during this message. And I just declare that you have also been imparted to during this message. So again, we join our faith for what you are believing for, what you are believing for. It shall be done in the name of Jesus. Thank you so much for joining us. As you can see, we're still in the altar service and it's an amazing time for women to be prayed for and to be fulfilled. I know that we don't have live chat, but you can connect with us online through email. You can get in touch with us. Tell us, tell us what the Lord has spoken to you. Tell us what he's done in your life. 
tell us how we can agree with you in prayer. And wherever you are right now, whatever you're doing, get up. This whole group of women, they are dancing. They are yelling. We've got Hallel praise that's happening right now. And it is incredible. And wherever you are, you can do the same thing. I encourage you to stand up in faith. It doesn't matter if your husband thinks you're crazy. It doesn't matter if your children think that you are crazy. Stand up in faith and believe that which the Lord has promised you. We love you. Thank you for joining us. We bless you in the name of Jesus. And we look forward to seeing you tomorrow morning. We will start at 9.30 a.m. Be in prayer for what God is doing here because we are praying for you. We bless you in the name of Jesus.